Welcome to episode 25 of the Cyber Guy podcast. I'm your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. And in this special midweek short episode, I'm going to talk about a couple of news items. The hack on the power, uh, the, the water treatment plant in Florida, the Emotet botnet takedown, and a couple other items of interest. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and download. Please tell your friends if you think they would be interested in this type of podcast. You can find it at all your usual podcast outlets, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all those things. So again, thank you for listening. If uh, you're so inclined, feel free to leave a review um, and click the number of stars that you think it's worth. So I don't have a guess for this particular week. Again, this is going to be a rather one of the on the more short side type podcast. Part of that is my own um, my own failure to line up someone to interview, but I have a couple of folks lined up in the next couple of days. Um, I had a, a guest for last week, but he got sick with COVID, so I couldn't really uh, blame him for that. So I gave him a pass, but we'll hopefully be interviewing him in a week or two to talk about uh, some undercover takedowns or some yeah undercover FBI cases we took down back in the mid 2000s. Uh, I think you'll find some interest in the back behind the scenes uh, parts of how you make all those things work. Uh, this weekend, I'll be talking to a couple friends of mine who have an incident response uh, organization, and they'll kind of talk about what they're seeing from that particular angle, uh, who's getting targeted, what they're getting targeted, what some of their commonalities are of that. And so that's coming up uh, in the next uh, couple weeks. So again, I appreciate your patience and sticking with me on these particular weeks when I uh, am a little late in getting something out. But I wanted to touch base with you in the middle of this week and just kind of talk about a couple of news items that were of interest. The first one is, if you haven't seen it, there was a hack of a water treatment plant in Florida. And rather than me give you all the details, I will let Nora O'Donnell talk to you about it. So give me a second here. I had that up here. And where did it go? Oh, you know what I did? I think I fast forwarded. I mean, I forwarded through a couple of different web pages. So here we go. Out of a shocking case of computer hacking in Pinellas County, Florida. Investigators are trying to hunt down the person who tried to poison a public water supply remotely. CBS's Jeff Pegues has new reporting. According to investigators, a plant operator monitoring the water plant in the Tampa Bay city of Oldsmar noticed computer breaches starting at about 8 a.m. Friday morning. The hacker was controlling the computer system's mouse and was able to increase the level of sodium hydroxide in the water supply from about 100 parts per million to more than 11,000 parts per million. Sheriff Bob Galtieri. This is obviously a significant and potentially dangerous increase. Uh, sodium hydroxide, also known as lye, is the main ingredient in liquid drain cleaners. According to the Centers for Disease Control, if ingested in large amounts, sodium hydroxide can cause vomiting, chest, and abdominal pain. Fortunately, a plant operator immediately reduced the levels back to what was safe. Now, Secret Service and FBI cyber units are trying to determine who is behind the hack whether it was someone here in the U.S. or overseas. It occurred just two days before the Super Bowl in a city less than 20 miles away from Raymond James Stadium. Jeff Begay's CBS News, Washington. Now, that's an interesting story. I, I'm interested in the way that the news kind of portrays that because it, it's a doom or gloom type of thing. And really, honestly, this is seriously, obviously an issue. When I did presentations for the FBI, we talked about terrorists wanting to use cyber means to take down critical infrastructure components such as water treatment plants, power supplies, things like that. Do they have the capability to do it currently? 
Hard to say. Probably not. Will they get it eventually? Probably they will. Uh, do nation states want to do that? Depends on the situation. We are not currently in a war with anyone directly, so I wouldn't think that that would be a nation state actor. Chances are this was someone testing the system. It could have been reconnaissance. There's a lot of rationale to why someone would want to do this. Now, one thing that report didn't note was there were backup systems that would have detected that higher level of sodium hydroxide and shut the plant down or at least the system down. So it wouldn't have been that big a deal. But this highlights the issue with what we call operational technology networks or OT networks. They run the industrial control systems to all of our entities that have to use those kinds of things. So there's industrial control systems are the, the network systems. They didn't used to be network, but they are now that control hardware, like water pumps, uh, the electrical uh infrastructure within electrical companies. It's the things that control the automated parts at a car manufacturing facility that that does all the automation. It, it controls a lot of things that we take for granted. They're also called SCADA systems, which stands for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. Uh, and these years ago, uh, didn't have a network connection. It was, you couldn't really get into them unless you were sitting at the facility with hands-on keyboard. But now, because of technology, the way to upgrade upgrade the systems and, and to, to access them remotely is done through the internet, as are our things. And that creates a huge threat to these entities because of the interconnectivity now of all of these devices. A couple problems with ICS systems, they are very old. A lot of the technology, you don't replace you know, the valves and the, the functionality in a power plant or a, or a water treatment plant very often, if at all, unless they break down, but they still have an interconnectivity to the information technology networks that allow someone to ultimately gain access as happened here. It'll be interesting to see if they, A, identify that person. If the person was using encrypted data tunnels, they're never going to find them, but it certainly creates, highlights a severe issue that local and state and federal governments have to deal with. My fear is this is not really, this particular incident will not wake anyone up, uh, partially because no one no one was injured by it. It's going to take someone being injured by one of these particular intrusions for someone to want to do something. Uh, do I have a lot of faith in the government acting quickly to resolve these? I generally would not. So it depends on, I guess, where they target. I guess if it takes down the power in Washington, D.C., then surely they will come up with ways to resolve this not resolve it, but try to find ways to mitigate this threat uh, and go after the bad guys. But um, you will probably likely see more of this type of activity, this probing of these networks to try to make bad things happen that can cause a lot of harm to a lot of people in a very quick and rolled out way. You know, was this a criminal hacker? Was it a nation state hacker? Hard to say until they actually find them. I would not be surprised if it was someone who lived domestically in the United States but I guess we'll have to wait and find out if they even let us know. The other article, if you didn't see it over the last couple of weeks, in 2020, the biggest, the largest ransomware uh, type out there was what's called the Emotet botnet, which was used to distribute ransomware to 7% of the organizations global, or affected 7% of organizations globally. So 7% of the organizations online were impacted by this particular malware in 2020, or at least as of December 2020. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a combined um, 
FBI and international uh, partner task force, including the UK's National Crime Agency, Europol, along with agencies in Canada, France, Germany, Lithuania, and the Netherlands, teamed up to bring down their infrastructure. I am not aware of anyone being arrested for this other than they disrupted the hardware and software that allowed this botnet to work. This botnet had infected more than 1.6 million machines, caused hundred millions of dollars in damage, and uh, caused a lot of pain to a lot of people. It was, this particular malware was unique in that it would sit on a system for 30 and 45 days and kind of weave its way through the network. And once it did, it would eventually activate ransomware, which would require the company to either pay the ransomware or fix their system, depending on how they were, were structured to mitigate that particular threat. The problem is, I think that we'll, what we'll see is that this is a temporary problem for the people who manage the Emotet botnet because they will find other infrastructure that they can use. And what they do with this particular infrastructure, they use it as malware as a service, meaning they sell it to other bad guys to use. Um, it's a huge financial money maker for these bad guys. And so they will find other ways to be able to distribute this malware. I would not be surprised if it's already being distributed now. But what this did show was the way that we're going to target these uh, bad guys and the, the, the organizations that, that run these particular malware as a service change is to team up. It can't be the United States by itself. It's got it. We've got to team up with international partners as we did here. When I was with the FBI, we worked a lot with the Dutch. The Dutch are great. They have different laws that make it easier for them to do certain things within the internet world. The FBI is hamstrung a lot by government regulations and our own internal laws on what we can and cannot do. Uh, and obviously also restricted by and concerned of other countries' sovereignty and their laws. The Dutch have a little different way they go about it, and so they are very good at being able to target bad guys and, and, and help take down instances like this. But again, this is probably likely to be short-lived, still something that needs to be done, but something that we will probably see, you know, the, the ransomware is not going to stop because of this tech down. But it's a good news article to show is that, that uh, law enforcement can eventually uh, have an impact on the cyber actors out there. The problem is, as myself, my friend Scott Ogenbaum, we say all the time, if you are a victim of a cybercrime, it is unlikely that anybody is probably ever going to go to jail or that you're going to get your money back. It does happen eventually, sometimes, but not very often. So, Again, it's a good win. Um, it, it's limited. Again, will be limited in its effectiveness. One other thing I'm going to note before I sign off for today, I got an email today which was very interesting. It was an email that said that my appointment for my COVID vaccine shot was reserved, and I needed to click on the link to verify that I was coming at the time reserved for me. Needless to say, this was not a real email. The link had malware attached to it. Uh, I am not currently eligible to have the COVID test, uh, and chances are, you are not going to get an unsolicited email from someone saying it's time for you to have your COVID test. Call your doctor, call the local distributor, whoever's doing your vaccinations for the COVID vaccine, and talk to someone in person to make sure you know when you can go. Bad guys are realizing that people are very stressed out about COVID, obviously. They want to get the vaccine so that they can go back to doing what they did pre-COVID with their lives. So there are going to be people that get that go, oh, finally, it's my turn. Let me click on this so I can schedule my time. And I will say this, this particular email was very poorly done. 
the uh, there was a picture at the bottom that was blurred out because they must have stolen it off some image online and it looked like crap. So be aware that you're going to have COVID emails popping in and out that you will see frequently uh, over the course of the next several months. That's going to do it for this quick midweek edition of the Cyber Guy podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, I'll be honest, I kind of threw this together at the last minute, so it probably didn't sound as good as usual. So I do apologize uh, for that. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, Darren at thecyberguy.com. Cyber spelled C-Y-B-U-R. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I post stuff every day on LinkedIn of cybersecurity type related matters. Feel free to uh, connect to me there and you can see all of my stuff and information, communicate with me. And hey, who knows, maybe you could be a guest one day on the Cyber Guy podcast as well. If you have something cyber related to talk about, uh, I'm happy to, to talk to folks. So thanks again for the time. Uh, enjoy your week. Maybe we'll be back later this week with another one of these midweek specials. <laughs>